Well, man, I hope so far you've had a great time being here today. Um, we are about to move into our time. We open up God's word. And um, I'm excited to introduce um, our, our communicator today. And um, whenever we started this church, I knew that we would have a bunch of firsts. And so this is our first Mother's Day as a church. And, man, we're really glad that you guys are here today. And um, I knew um, I, I wanted to be challenge you and I wanted to encourage you also. And I tried to figure out who could be the best communicator for today. And so one of the best moms that I know, my wife and I, we have an 8-year-old and we have a 5-year-old. And we have twins, two, almost 2-year-old twins. And Diana leads so much of our church. She's a, Diana's a behind-the-stage kind of person. If you're new to what's today, she typically leads us in worship. But she does a lot of what you, anything that you see, they make, we, she makes a lot, of what we, a lot of what we do, she makes it happen. And so she's one of the best moms I know. She's one of the best friends I know. She, she's the best wife I have and the best wife I know. And so would we welcome today uh, Diana as she speaks to us today. I was back there. I said, now make sure you get my table. He goes, you don't get my table every week. Why don't I get your table? Thank you. Thank you. Well, happy Mother's Day to those of you who are mamas or grandmas or aunts or like a mama. Um, happy Mother's Day. I hope you enjoyed some refreshments. The photo booth, if you didn't get your photos, it'll still be set up out there. I know I got to get some with, with all my family, but um, we hope that that helped you have a good morning. I talked to some of you who had breakfast with family and different things. I talked to one mom and her kids weren't with her today, and I'm like, sometimes that's kind of like the best Mother's Day present, right? Like you just get the whole day to yourself, you know? Um, but I'm honored to be up here, and um, I'm super honored to, to do ministry with Wesley. Wesley speaks all the time about giving honor where honor is due, so I wouldn't be up here without being his wife and without what he does and how God's given him this vision for Hope Church. So can we just honor Wesley and give him a, a hand for leading us, <coughs> being our shepherd? So when you become a mom, life changes completely. If you're not a mom today, I'm going to try to help you understand it just a little bit. Dads, just stay in with me, okay? Life changes completely. If you're a mom, would you shake your head if you agree with me? And you know, sometimes you think like, it's just one baby, it's going to be fun. Listen, I was actually had breakfast with somebody yesterday. I'm like, now listen, when you get, when that baby comes, it's a whole nother story. You know what I'm saying? There's no, no naps in the afternoon, no naps ever. Your nap is like the middle of the night. That's your nap. <laughs> There's no, no quick run of errand to the store real quick. No little weekend girls trip or, you know, weekend away with your husband. That don't happen no more, all right? When you become a mom, life changes completely. Like he said, I've been a mom for eight years now. Hope is eight. Trip is five, and we have our twins. And I thought life changed completely with the first two, but then it changed completely again when the twins came, as I'm sure some of you have heard stories. But if you had never met me before, if you just saw me walking down the street or driving my car, you could probably tell that I was a mom. Because I carry this big, huge backpack, you know, bottles on both sides. And there's probably Chick-fil-A toys falling out of the bag because we keep those because you can train them for ice cream, you know. We, the kids are not allowed to play with the toys. It's like, don't open it. We can't have ice cream, you know. So, there's stuff, so you can just look at me. You can see my minivan. I mean, if you're a minivan mom, let me, let me see that hand. Any minivan moms in here? Yeah. Be proud. Yeah. It's okay. Now, listen. Wesley was like, we are never, we're never getting a minivan. I'm like, okay, that's cool, yeah. So two kids, you know, we had an explorer, third row. So when we found out we were pregnant with the third, which we weren't like, that wasn't like a planned thing. We we're like, oh, great, you're a third baby. We can do this. We, we don't have to get a minivan. It's three kids. We have a third row. Well, you can't do a third row with twins. You can't. So we had to trade it in, get the minivan. But I'm rocking my red minivan, you know. Just be proud of that minivan. Um, I was... <coughs> 
Uh, well, I won't say that because if, if you have the stickers on the back of your car, I don't want to make fun of you. So, Anyways, so you could tell I was a mom just by looking at me by my bag, by my minivan. Um, so I have a few clear signs that you're a mom, okay? You may have seen these on the internet somewhere. But number one is instead of running from projectile vomit, you run towards it. Going to the grocery store by yourself is a vacation. I can attest to that. You have the ability to hear a sneeze through closed doors in the middle of the night, two bedrooms away, while your husband sleeps right next to you so soundly. A 15-minute shower with the door locked feels like a whole day at the spa. You have a secret chocolate stash because, frankly, you're sick of sharing. You've been washing, uh, this is me, you've been washing the same load of laundry for three days because you keep forgetting to put it in the dryer. You realize you've been watching Nick Jr. or Mickey Mouse Clubhouse alone, even though your kids have been in bed for over 30 minutes. You can cook dinner, feed a bottle, talk on the phone, yell at your kids, all without breaking a stride or missing any of the TV show you might be watching. And by the end of the day, brushing your teeth feels like a huge accomplishment. Mom, can you relate with those this morning? Another sign of a mom this morning that I want to talk to you guys about is her ability, our ability, to handle interruptions. I mean, we have interrupted showers, interrupted bathroom time, interrupted meals, interrupted conversation, pretty much. I mean, meals, it's like, what's a hot meal? Just, just put mine in the refrigerator because I'm going to eat it cold anyway, no matter what time of day I eat it. You know what I'm saying? Um, so everything, it seems like, we, we can handle interruptions pretty good. You know, we can kind of think on the fly, like, okay, no problem. We'll just do this. We'll put this here. We can handle interruptions. But not just moms have to handle interruptions. Everybody in here has to handle some type of interruptions in your life, whether, whether it's a phone call that interrupts you or maybe someone's just stand, standing around in your office at work and there's, you're like, I'm trying to get work done, but they're interrupting you. Maybe you got a flat tire. Maybe you got pulled over. That's a bad interruption, right? I mean, we all face interruptions. So I wanted to talk to you today about that, and the title of my message is called Pardon the Interruption. I'm hoping that that ESPN reference will help some of you guys stay in to the, I'm, my husband's a big ESPN guy, so when I told him that, he's like, you got me, I'm in, you know. So Pardon the Interruption is the title of my talk today. Um, and so if you want to take notes, you can write that down. You, you should have notes in your worship guide that you got and a pen. Um, so here we go. You guys just be nice to me today, okay? I know I'm not the normal person, but just smile if you like what I'm saying. Feel free to say, that's good, that's good, amen, you know. Feel free to talk back with me. So there have been a lot of times in the past eight years that my schedule has been interrupted by my kids. Um, a couple weeks ago, Hope had a field trip. And I kind of, I don't, I don't even remember if I put it on my calendar. I obviously didn't because it was the night before. And I got the email from the teacher that was like, hey, field trips in the morning. And I'm like, oh. I do remember turning in a permission slip for that, and I'm supposed to go. And it was the night before Wesley's like, yeah, you got that field trip tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, man, I had all this stuff that I was supposed to do tomorrow. What am I going to do? And being the awesome husband he is, he's like, it's okay. I got the twins. We can do this, you know. So I could have stopped, and I could have taken that interruption two ways. I could have looked at it as this huge, huge interruption. I could have been so stressed out about everything that I wasn't going to get done the next day, right? Or I could have looked at it as an invitation to spend time with my little girl one-on-one, which doesn't happen often if you have more than one kid. It's kind of hard to, to stamp out time to be with just one of them. So today I want to talk to us about being able to look at our interruptions as invitations. Um, 
we're going to look at three stories in the Bible of different people who were interrupted and kind of how God used that in their life. So if you guys don't mind, I'm just going to pray before I get started and I open the word um, and we'll dive into God's word today. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for the honor and privilege that I get to be a mom to my four kids. Lord, I thank you so much for my mom who's here today, God. Wouldn't be who I was without her. Lord, I thank you for, for giving her a love for you so that she could show me what it looks like to love you and to balance, to balance being your child and taking care of my own kids. Lord, I pray that you would be with the words that come out of my mouth right now, God, that it would be the words that you want everyone to hear. God, I pray that you would just be in this service and that you would speak through me today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the first um, person we're going to look at today is Martha, and it's in Luke Chapter 10, verse 38. Let me get there. I have it all marked, kind of, unless my kids got my Bible and rearranged things, which could be highly likely. All right. So the first one we're going to look at is Martha. And let me go ahead and read. In Luke 10, 38, it says, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was worrying over the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are so upset over all the details. There's really only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it won't be taken away from her. So point number one today, I have three points for you. Number one is that we have to manage our margin. If we are going to be able to see our interruptions as invitations, we have got to manage our margin. Martha left no room to be with Jesus. When I think of margins, I think of a page, you know, I, I, I just, it takes me back to high school and it's like, you know, when you're doing this report, make sure you have one inch margins. And, you know, I'm like, can they be two inch maybe so my report can be a little shorter? But nowadays, I think as adults, we're like, I need zero margins because I need to fit as much on my paper, as much on my plate, as much in my day as I can. So that's what we're talking about when I say manage your margin is you need some room. You need to make some room. If you're like me and Wesley, we, if we see an empty space, we're like, oh, look, we can put something there, you know? It's like nothing's allowed to be empty. I think he might have told you guys this, but a few weeks ago there was a horrible thunderstorm and our soccer game got canceled and it was like, we're, we're all at home. It's raining. We can't go anywhere. We don't have to go to the soccer game. I'm like, let's just sit here. Let's just eat peanut butter and jelly. Let's just relax, you know? He's like, well, I think I should, why don't I take the kids to the movies? I'm like, no, let's just don't. Like, let's just don't do anything, you know? But sometimes it's hard not to just fill in whenever you see empty space. When you see margin, you like to just fill it in. My day is crazy. I, I don't know if she's here or not, but I think my son's teacher was supposed to be here today. But she probably, she knows the craziness in me because my son, some days he comes to school with hair done, some days he doesn't. Some days I'm like, hey, I forgot the lunch. Can we order lunch real quick? You know, it's throw them, throw, hey, kids, grab muffins, eat them in the car, get home. See if there's anything for dinner. If not, try to run to the store or let's order pizza again. You know what I'm saying? Again. Um, get, go to soccer practice. Come home. It's bedtime, you know, and bedtime is like, bedtime. Woo, everybody has to go to bed on time. If, you, if you're me, you do. Um, but life is busy. We are busy, busy people. Would you guys agree that we're pretty busy people? I see your Facebook pages. I know we're busy people. Um, we don't even 
with, it's because we're so busy, it's like anything that even comes is an interruption because we're, we're so busy that we see everything as an interruption to our plans. Um, maybe you have a sick child. You know, I was telling someone this morning, it's like God knew I was going to be talking this week. And so he's like, well, let me just make sure you're really ready to talk about interruptions. Let me throw a few your way this week. So this morning at three in the morning, my son is sick, which glory to God, my aunt was there helping me and she got to deal with him and I didn't find out about it till this morning. But there's been little things like that all week that it's like, no, do, no, oh, oh, you think you and your husband are going to get along good? Let me throw this in this week so you can not study your messages. But, but Satan knows how to, to get at you, but God knows how to overcome him. And so, um, you know, we don't leave room for, for, our, for our kids. We don't leave room for a sick child. Maybe you have a friend who needs you, but we are just so busy that we don't, we're like, I'll text her real quick. But we don't even have time to call our friends or to, 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 to spend time to, to make a phone call because of our margins are so packed. We lose patience with all these interruptions because we're so busy. If God even showed us a need, would we even be able to see it? Or are we so busy that he can't, we can't even see the interruption that he's trying to, to give us? Maybe you're saying, you know what? It's easier for you, you know, like, you, I don't know why it's easier for me, but maybe you're saying, you know, I'm a single mom or I've got two jobs and I've got bills that I have to pay and I've got to do this. And I understand. I understand that life's not easy. That's my favorite line to give to my kids is, hey, it's not easy. It's not fair, okay? We gotta, you got to keep going. And even though life's not easy, we still got to figure out how to manage our margin. Sometimes I think we make excuses. Sometimes I think we get interrupted by unimportant things, and we kind of make time for those unimportant things. But when the important things come, it's hard for us to make time for those. Um, we need to make room for what's important. And I would say the first thing that's important if you are a child of God is spending time with him. And I'll tell you that, that it's hard. As a mom, it's hard. It's like the only way to do it is to get up at 6 a.m. or to stay up till 2 a.m., you know what I'm saying? But you have to make room. Everybody in here today has, has got to make room. I did a Bible study a few months ago, and it was called Breathe. And it talked about the whole idea of Sabbath margin. And Sabbath, um, is a he in Hebrew, it means Shabbat. And it means to come to an end, to cease, to stop, to pause. And Jesus, Jesus gave us the perfect example of Sabbath when he created the universe on the seventh day. What did it say he did? He rested, right? And that's what Sabbath is. I think sometimes we have to rest to kind of stop and look at our margin and kind of see what's going on to be able to handle some interruptions that God may give us. Um, but like I said, it means to come to an end, to cease, to stop, to pause. It's like an active thing you have to do. You have to say no to some things. How many of you, that's like the hardest thing in the world for you to do? Yeah, I know some of you have talked to you and you're like, I, I can never say no. But in order for us to manage our margin, you have to say no to something. Martha was so busy cooking dinner, doing the dishes. You know what she could have done? She could have waited a little bit to do those dishes. We, we try our best to have family dinner we used to do it every week, but we're all over Florida now, all, not all over Florida, all over Orlando area. So it's harder to get there, but about twice a month, we all go to my mom's house and we do family dinner with, it's, I think it's, is it 20 or 21? 21 people all together. We don't try to go to restaurants anymore. Smart, right? So the other night we were there, my dad was out of town and my mom is, my mom I get this from her, but we're kind of like Martha's. I mean, we like to just do, do, do. Well, we're all in there sitting, having conversation, and she's in there doing the dishes. And I don't remember if Derek went and got her or if she came in, but it was like, you know what? 
it's not every day everybody's at my house. Let me just leave the dishes in there. I know so for some of you it's like, yeah, but the, the, it's going to crust on there. It's going to drip. You know, like, it's okay, okay? Just throw them in the sink. Throw the dish towel over them, okay? They'll disappear, okay? But Martha could have said no to doing something so that she could go sit at the feet of Jesus with her sister Mary. She was so busy with the unimportant things that she missed Jesus being right there in front of her. And I wonder how many times we're so busy with the unimportant things or with, with things that we miss what Jesus is, is, is doing in our life with whatever interruption he may give you. So we all can, can deal and handle, and we all need to make margin for Jesus. If you're a mom or a dad in here, I would say you need to make margin for your kids. God gave you those kids. Maybe you need to get off your phone. If it's dinner time, don't bring your phone to the table. If you're in the car with your kids on the way to school, it's only like 15 minutes, just, just maybe turn it off or turn it on silent because you know if it vibrates, you're going to be like, just let me check it real quick, you know? But use that time instead of the whole time being on the phone, and then when your kids get out, it's like, okay, bye, see you in seven hours, you know? Like, use your time. Manage your margin to be with your kids. Make time to play with them outside. We, we um, again, I'm not, I don't do everything right, but we try to do devotions at night. It happens about 50% of the time, you know? And it's just, it's not like an hour-long devotion. Just a little five-minute, and my kids sometimes are like, it's the night when I'm like, okay, just go to bed. Love you. Okay. Mom, we didn't do devotions. And how are you, you know, I'm, I'm the pastor's wife. What am I supposed to we are, we are not doing devotions tonight, you know? So I'm like, okay, let's do devotions real quick. You know, but make time for that. Make it part of your routine, and then it won't be an interruption. Um, if you're a husband or a wife in here today, you need to make time for each other so that you're not interrupting each other because I know sometimes... I know as a wife, wives, I know none of you nag your husband, but sometimes I do, okay? And I know that's like an interruption to just, you know, but if, if we would just make time to be with each other, then we wouldn't feel like interruptions to each other. And God, um, the whole picture of marriage is supposed to be Christ and the church, and so we need to make, man, make margin in our, in our marriage relationship for each other. All right, that was number one. Number two, we're going to look at uh, the story of Moses as a baby. Good, thank you. And Miriam, so we're going to look at Exodus chapter 2, verse 1 through 9. And before I read this part, let me tell you what's happening here in case you don't know. Um, Pharaoh is a bad, evil man, and he is getting upset because the Israelites are reproducing like crazy, and they're just having babies all over the place, okay? And so he says okay, I know what we're going to do. We're going to start throwing all the baby boys in the river, okay? You can keep your girls, but all the baby boys, I want you to, as soon as you see soldiers, guards, if you hear a baby crying, you make sure if it's a boy, you throw it in the river. So that's where we're at, okay? So Exodus chapter 2, verse 1 through 9. You guys are so nice. They didn't even give me a countdown timer or anything, so I can just go as long as I want. All right, so during this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw what a beautiful baby he was and kept him hidden for three months. Can you imagine trying to hide a newborn for three months? Our friends James and his wife are here. They have a newborn. But can you imagine trying to keep your newborn hidden for three months? But when she could no longer hide him, she got a little basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the edge of the Nile River. Now, mind you, the Nile River has, like, crocodiles, snakes, like, 
all kind of stuff. She's putting her baby in there. The baby's sister then stood at a distance, her name is Miriam, watching to see what would happen to him. Soon after this, one of Pharaoh's daughters came down to bathe in the river, and her servant girls walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the little basket among the reeds, she told one of her servant girls to go get it for her. As the princess opened it, which, in case you're not following, the princess is Pharaoh's daughter, okay? The one who wanted all the boys killed. As the princess opened it, she found the baby boy. His helpless cries touched her heart. He must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister, Miriam, okay, remember she's over there watching to make sure no alligators get him, make sure no snakes are getting him, make sure the basket doesn't turn over, you know. She's watching, and she's like, oh. The baby's sister approaches the princess, and she says so calmly, should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. Yes, the princess is like, that's a great idea because it's in my baby, so I can't, I can't really provide the food for it. So yeah, that'd be great if you can find somebody for me. So the girl rushed home, and who did she call but the baby's mother? Take this child home and nurse him for me, the princess told her. I will pay you for your help. She's going to pay the mom to take care of her own baby. Where, where, why wasn't that around when I went eight years ago? So the baby's mother took her baby home and nursed him. How cool is that? Now, number two is to open your eyes. We have to open our eyes to see the interruption. Um, Miriam, she could have, I mean, I can't even imagine watching my baby brother. Maybe there were some days I probably did want to throw him in the river. But Miriam didn't really want to put her baby brother in the river that day, so she's watching him. I'm sure the fear of, like, oh, my word, is that alligator eyes I see? Oh, my word, is that, you know, like, she is scared to death watching her baby float in the river. And I don't, I don't even know what instructions her mom gave her. Like, what is she supposed to do if, if it does flip over? Is she supposed to jump in? So she is, I can imagine that she's scared to death behind some little, you know, leaves and thinking, what's going to happen? But she watches to make sure that he gets somewhere safe. Um, and to that, I would say this, if you want to write this down. Don't let the fear of your interruption blind you from seeing the invitation. Don't let the fear of your interruption blind you from seeing the invitation. Miriam could have been so scared that she could have ran away. I know sometimes when I see scary things, I'd rather just close my eyes and run away and pretend like it's not happening. But she didn't let her fear blind her. She stood there and she watched so, so that she could see the interruption and see what was going to happen. She had to open her eyes. And I mean, for crying out loud, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, who wanted to kill the babies, ended up paying Moses' mother to take care of him. Joke's on Pharaoh, I think. So the way that you see your interruption will, de- will determine how you feel about it, okay? So remember, we're opening our eyes. So the way you see it is going to determine how you feel about it. It's all in your perspective. Um, I heard a story of a lady who had three hairs on her head, okay? And so she woke up one morning, and she's like, oh, I think I'll braid my hair today. So she went to bed that night, woke up the next morning, and she only had two hairs left on her head. And she's like, I'll go ahead and part it down the middle today. The last day, she had one hair left on her head. She's like, oh, throw it in a ponytail today. Last day, no hair. I don't have to do my hair today, you know? So it's all in our perspective. Are you a glass half empty or a glass half full person? You know what I'm saying? Um, I want to have perspective like David. When David saw Goliath, 
all the Israelites, they said, he is so big, we can never kill him. But David looked at him and he's like, he's so big, how in the world could I miss him? You know what I'm saying? It's all in how you see your interruption. If you see an interruption, you will feel frustration. But if you see an invitation, you will feel anticipation. If you see an interruption, you will feel frustrated. But if you see it as an invitation, you will feel anticipation. That makes invites make me think of like evite. Like, does anybody send paper invites anymore? It's like, let's just do an evite or a Facebook event, you know? Um, but it makes me think of like that. When you, when you know you have an event coming, when there's an invitation, you're like, yes, this party's coming. I'm getting a babysitter. Woo! You know what I'm saying? But you're, you're anticipating because you got this invite. So if you can see it as an invitation, then you will feel anticipation. So we've got to open our eyes to see the interruption. And then lastly, we're going to look at like the mother of all mothers. We're going to look at Mary in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. Usually we just look at Mary around Christmas time, but she's like the mother of all mothers, right? So we're going to look at her for just a second. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now, this is like a big, huge angel. It's not like a little angel came and sat on her shoulder and was like, Hey, Mary, you know. This is like a big, humongous, big wings, like, scare you angel, okay? And he says, hey, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. When when someone comes up to you and they're smooth talking to you, you're like, all right, what do you want, you know? So I'm sure Mary's thinking, what in the world is about to happen? So confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be frightened, Mary, the angel told her. For God has decided to bless you. You will become pregnant and have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Then Mary asked the angel, But how can I have a baby? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby, excuse me, so the baby born to you will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth, she's going to have a baby, she's really old, and she's going to have a baby, she's already in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. And here's how Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant, and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. And then the angel left. So number three is to magnify the opportunity. Magnify the opportunity of whatever your interruption is, okay? Mary, she asked a few questions. She's like, what? Wait, I'm a virgin? I've, I've got my Pinterest board all set with all my wedding plans, and you're going to mess all this up? Like, I mean, she asked some questions, and it's okay to ask God questions sometimes. She, she was interrupted by this huge angel, but she saw it as an invitation, as an invitation from God to carry the Messiah. Was this going to be an easy job? No. First of all, 
I mean, right off the bat, she's going to have to tell her husband that she's pregnant and ain't his baby. That's kind of hard. I mean, I've never had to do that, thank you, God. But I can imagine that that's hard, that that would be hard to do. Okay? So she's got to tell Joseph that she's pregnant and it's not his baby. She knows that this is the Messiah. She knows she's carrying the Messiah. So she knows she's going to have to watch him die. She knows the, the, what, what was foretold. She accepts this invitation, and she's going to magnify the opportunity that God has given her to carry this child and to be his mother. And here's how we know that she um, accepted it. Um, in Luke chapter 1, over the next page, chapter 46, um, this is called the Magnificat. It means, my soul doth magnify the Lord. So after, this is before, I mean, this is before she even has I don't think the Holy Spirit has came upon her yet, if you know what I'm saying. She's not, no babies inside of her yet, okay? But she says, Mary responded, Oh, how I praise the Lord, how I rejoice in God my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and now generation after generation will call me blessed. For he, the mighty one, is holy, and he has done great things for me. She's magnifying the Lord for this interruption, this huge interruption that's been thrown in her way, and she's going to make the most of it and magnify the opportunity that she's been given. She could have focused on all the opposition, but she saw it as an invitation and focused on the opportunity. I know in this room today that there's all kind of interruptions. It's not just moms, like I said in the beginning, who face interruptions. We can all relate to different type of interruptions. Maybe you have a child with special needs or a child who really has a horrible temper and that just messes you up when you go to Target and he's on the floor screaming, you know what I'm saying? But we all face different type of interruptions. Maybe you have a relationship that's strained right now and that's really interrupting your plans and your life. Maybe, maybe it's a sickness that's really interrupting you. Maybe it's just a, a circumstance that you're going through that's really interrupting how you thought your life was going to go. Um... But if you'll look at it as an invitation from God to learn through whatever your interruption is, it will change the whole way you see it. Again, it's all in your perspective in the way that you can open your eyes and see it. Um, Maybe you would say, well, why me? Why Why did I have to get this interruption? Why, why can't I have a baby right now? I, I've, I told God I wanted to be pregnant. I told God I wanted to have my babies at 26, 20, you know, like, he doesn't work on our plans, you know? Why, why did it have to be me? Why couldn't it happen to this guy who he deserves it way, way worse than I do? What, well, you know what? I think what God says sometimes is why not you? Why not let me just teach you something through this? Did you know that God is looking for people who will, who will see his interruption? If you're so busy that you can't see it, he is probably going to skip right by you, but that you, then you're going to miss out on the blessing of being used by the Lord. So you can magnify your opportunity that you've been given through whatever difficult situation you're going through. So I'm going to just repeat those three, my three points real quick, and we're almost done if anybody wants to start making their way up. Um, unless you guys want me to do a little dance up here or something, that's fine too. Um, so maybe uh, when I talked about an Evite or a Facebook event earlier, if you're like me, how many of you like you never click yes right away? Like you got to process, you got to process it for a few days. And have you noticed the new button? It's like you can just click that you're interested. You don't even have to click maybe anymore. You can just click, I'm interested. You know, when, when people do that to the Hope Church events, I'm like, what does that mean? You know? Like, do you, do you not like us? Are we not cool enough for you, you know? But, like, are you waiting to accept? Do you, some of you know 
what interruption is in your life right now, and you know what God might be asking you to do, and you're just not sure if you're ready to click yes yet. You're, ready, you're not sure if you're ready to start looking at it as an invitation instead of an interruption. But remember, in order to be able to see them as invitations, you have to, number one, is manage your margin or make some room in your life. You've got to open your eyes, and you've got to magnify the opportunity that you've been given. You guys see what I did there? Mom, right? Yeah. So no matter who you are in here today, no matter your interruption, let's try to just give it to God. Let's try to see what he might be inviting you to do. What could he be inviting you to do that's even bigger than yourself? Maybe he wants you to, to, to change the whole world, and he's asking you. He's giving you this interruption, this invitation, and he's asking you to come be a part of him today. Some of you, maybe you've never even had, you don't even have a relationship with Jesus, and so today he's inviting you to come into a relationship with him for the first time. I promise you that when you give your life to Jesus, it's not going to be easy all the time, but it's going to be way better than anything you could do on your own. So maybe, maybe that's you today. If you guys want to just bow your heads and close your eyes for a minute, I'm going to pray.